But I mean, there's a lot of scenes where he's just like, it's just full on shots of him playing and you can't fake that. I mean, if you want it to be genuine. Uh, <laughs> That's the definition, I think, of that sentence. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> you can't fake this if you want it to be genuine. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is officially review number 324 with our review of Whiplash. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. <laughs> if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, the reason I said officially this numbered episode is because depending on uh, what happens in the next day or so, uh, there will either be a review of John Wick before or after this episode. So officially numbered, this is episode 324 where we're reviewing Whiplash, but it might appear before episode 323 um, or miraculous things may happen and it might appear in the correct order so uh if if you really want to know the story behind that you can listen to that episode (laughs) let's just say that uh there may have been a cardinal sin of podcasting committed yeah but chris Mm -hmm. chris committed a party foul by by somebody i mean i don't know no we won't point fingers no we're all missed together well it's audio so nobody knows who you're pointing to yeah which one of you wasn't recording Tell me right now or get out of this room. Chris, are, are you one it was of those? P- it was Peter Parker. Are you one of those one tier podcasters? <laughs> yeah. Is it on or is it off? <laughs> I <Anyway>. don't know. <laughs> what does this page say? It says not recording. Oh, yeah. so you can see. <laughs> Oh, good times. I hope we have like a pulsing jazz beat under us right now. Right, uh, I, I hope, hope so too. We I should. hope the intro music is like S- that. Some whiplash underneath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some double swing time, crazy yeah. cymbal, mm-hmm. bass, snare stuff. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, so how, I mean, I know how I'm feeling, which is not very good. How are you guys feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling ready to beat the shit out of some drums get angry i'm feeling uh. good <laughs> are, are you are you feeling more relaxed now steven than you were yesterday after you, or the day before after you watched uh, whiplash uh, yeah yeah i'm feeling a little bit better now i calmed down a bit <laughs> that was a delayed reaction <laughs> sorry he's taking a drink of his coffee <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm still, I'm still frazzled, guys. <laughs> was this, uh, so was this a Kabuki film? Was this? This was I, not a Kabuki film. Oh, no, it wasn't. Oh, I no, can see actually. This being could, a... Lately, all of these like smaller films I'm seeing in like a giant theater, which oh, for good. whatever reason is getting all these movies. Hmm. No, this was not Kabuki. You, you didn't watch this movie in the back of a Whole Foods or anything like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's actually fairly wide up in San Francisco. It was playing in, like, mm. at least four theaters near me. Yeah. Well, it's easier to use MoviePass instead of, you know, paying money, and then you got to pay for all your drinks. And, mm. and Sundance is expensive, man. That's, that's the one thing that sucks about the, like, so, so MoviePass is a great service, not knocking them, but uh, because it's location-based, I can't, like, buy my ticket ahead of time from, like, the Arclight app. Uh, and then, like, get my seat reserved. Like, if I really... I don't. First of all, I don't even know if they take Discover um, because I just bought it. I don't it. think they, they don't because the arc lights up here don't take MoviePass. Man, they suck. <laughs> arc mm. lights, not MoviePass. <laughs> <laughs> also, they haven't updated their app, which is really just, like, a weird web view anyway, so it's really confusing why, like... Oh, the Arclight app? Yeah. Yeah, like, I launch it on my <laughs> phone, and, it, like, it doesn't even go to the top and bottom of the screen. I don't think it ever did, even on, like, a 5. Uh, it's just frustrating. So does MoviePass work as advertised? Are there like blackout days or anything? Or you no, really no. just have unlimited movies? So it's you can only see every movie one time, and they have now implemented a 24-hour wait period before you can get your next ticket. Yeah, okay. which is so, fine. Like, that's yeah, that was doable. I feel like that would actually cramp my style if I really needed to know 24 hours ahead of time. 
Oh, oh no, you're no, saying. No, no. So, so yeah. So like basically, what I used to do when the f- service first came out is I would see a movie Friday night and Saturday morning. So now I can't do that. So if I see a movie at eight o'clock, I can't buy my next ticket until the eight next o'clock. eight o'clock. The yeah. next day, yeah. That's Which, why you gotta see a movie Thursday, skip Friday, and then you can see it Saturday morning. That, that, that's just mm-hmm. basically what I've been doing. Or sometimes yeah. I'll just pay for one of the movies. <laughs> Damn you, movie pass! <laughs> I mean, you basically, uh, you just kind of have to, like, plan your schedule a little more, which is fine, because all I do is see movies, so, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, some of us, you know, have a life. Yeah, so, Carson, you have two movie passes that you alternate between? So, no. <laughs> so every day you can get two of them? No. no. I, I've, I'm, not, I've, I'm not that ridiculous, but, I mean, my girlfriend has one, I, I, so. I've thought, I've thought about that. Yeah, Chris thought about it, because he was pass, very... Unfortunately, they're, like, yearly contracts. Uh, uh-huh. Actually, I don't know if it's sort of like a cell phone where once your first contract is over, they just let you go month to month. I don't know if that's the case, but I've, I've thought about getting a second movie pass um, during like heavy movie seasons, but I don't want to have to do that for a year. I mean, I completely support movie pass for someone like me who goes to the movies a ton. Like, I mean, it's like a gift from the movie gods. Like, I it saved me so much money and I like and their customer service is really great. Like, I, I, I mean... Sometimes there's a few hiccups, but, like, I will take the hiccups for the amount of money they're saving me. Especially up in L.A. when tickets are, like, 15 bucks, you know, if you go to an evening show. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I'm not spending 15 bucks to see the best of me, but I will with MoviePass because I don't have to pay for it, so. Yeah. Movie pass funding shitty movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's great because it's like no, I no, just no, I, I, I mean I, it pays for itself after three movies and then you're I mean I've already it's already paid for me like you know ten times over but still yeah it's it's even when they raised it like it, they went from thirty to thirty five in my area I was just like I don't care I'll pay fifty and still use it yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean I, Carson's responsibly makes it sound like I'm I'm knocking them but I'm I'm not at all like I love the service if if I could give them a feature request because I know they're listening to this podcast obviously. Um, I did. I did write a review of the service, like in my yeah. last blog post that I wrote two years ago. Um, yeah. So if they're like us, they read every review and then right, <laughs> like, yeah. look no, deeply they, into who left it. They they actually they they tweeted because I, I reviewed it and they tweeted and said they they or like retweeted my I don't know they, whatever. Anyways, um, I'm assuming they saw it at least because their Twitter account retweeted it. But yeah. what I was actually going to say is that if I could give them a, a feature request, uh, that would just be. To allow you to, when checking into a movie, say, just charge me for the second ticket. Like, so that way you could buy two tickets on MoviePass. They're paying for one, and then your credit card that's attached to your account is just paying for the other. Because mm-hmm. it's annoying if, say, you wanted to buy two tickets at once. You'd have to be like, okay, oh, I need two, but can you first just scan one? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. scan this. Okay, okay, cool. Now now do this one. And it's just, it would, it would be nice if you could check out. At the box office, buy two tickets, but movie pass is only charged um, for one of them, and you're charged for the other. But I don't know how complicated that is for them to do. Uh, but that would be cool. Yeah. All I know is if they got Sundance and the Cinemark near me on their roster, I would definitely switch over. Wait, so do you right. have it, Stephen? No, I don't have it because oh, okay. like I half of the half did. of the theaters I go to aren't supported by them yet. I feel like Cinemark here. would be on it because they're like a pretty big chain. Maybe, maybe it is now. I, I know Sundance definitely isn't. Sundance isn't because I know the Sundance by me isn't on Movie Pass. Well, it, it's it's not it's not being on Movie Pass or not. It's a, if you accept Discover, they yeah. have to take it. All right. So you just have to find a place that accepts Discover card. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a Cinemark around here, and it's listed in the um, in the Movie Pass app. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Take a look. I might make the switch because I definitely spend more than 35 a month. But like yeah. AMC, Regal, like all those are are on it. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, you know, that right. kind of trailed off. But, you know. <laughs> well, movie Pass is great. We all love Movie Pass. Speaking of being on it, there's some crazy jazz drumming to be talking about here in just a moment. Yes. Guys, mm-hmm. we ready to get into our Whiplash review? I'm ready. Are you ready, Carson? I'm ready, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I just let Steven speak for me. Well, I didn't know. Maybe you just like suddenly fell off your drum throne <laughs> and just like hit your head and then you're out. I suddenly was just like, I just can't play anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to listen to the trailer for Whiplash and then come back and give you guys our review. This place is nice. I really like the music that they play. Bob Ellis on the drums. 
I'm part of Schaefer's top jazz orchestra. It's the best music school in the country. The key is to just relax. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about what the other guys are thinking. You're here for a reason. Have fun. Five, six, and. I want to be great. And you're not. We got Buddy Rich here. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Here we go. Five, six, and. Rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will gut you like a pig. Oh, my dear God. Are you one of those single-tier people? You are a worthless pansy ass who is now weeping and slobbering all over my drum set like a nine-year-old girl. So how's it going with the studio band? Good. Yeah, I think he likes me more now. I push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. I want to be one of the greats. And because I'm doing that, it's going to take up more of my time. And this is why I don't think that we should be together. I would never let him put my son through hell. Why would you let him get away with what he did to you? There are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. So that was the trailer for Whiplash. It is the story of a young man named Miles Teller who, you know, after he's done being spectacular in high school, I guess he realized he wanted to be a musician and he goes to one of the greatest uh, music schools in the country or whatever. And uh, he wants to be an awesome jazz drummer. And he is just going to try, try and try and try as best he can to just practice constantly and become the greatest drummer of all time possibly in his head that's what he wants to do um i'm like selling it as like a, this biopic about this drummer mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways carson before i keep rambling and stuff why don't you let us know what the story is about um or what you thought of it okay well it's about a drummer <laughs> I, I'm, um, I'm still that guy. I, like seriously i'm so off my game <laughs> um i apologize in advance like maybe chris will have to put in some like percussion hits or cymbal hits you know in case there's some uh naughty words drop but i feel like the only way to really describe whiplash is like like you really just want to stand up and say yeah (laughs) like it really does like i i i don't know it's it i mean for starters this is probably going to be my favorite movie of the year like it is currently like i i enjoyed this movie so much like it it brought me so much immense cinematic joy uh it's really just almost unfathomable how great this movie is. And it's not even a story that's that revolutionary or anything. You know, they kind of take like a, 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 a well-worn story, but they do it so well and it's directed so well. And the actors in this film, um, I mean, easily two of the best performances of the year, Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, uh, you know, lead in supporting are just really extraordinary. I mean, Miles Teller is just like, how did he do that? Like, he played the drums in this movie, and it, he's amazing. Like, he... Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> he... It's it's literally mind-blowing, the fact that, uh, you know, he learned to play the drums from this I guess he had, you know, some kind of experience playing when he was younger, but he wasn't, like, a professional, you know, drum player. And, he you know, he, he totally, like learned the drums to play for this movie and and did it and the fact and it's like he is like he became pro basically like he's so good in this movie obviously like you know there's uh you know you could you could argue that you know the, oh they're movie trickery but i mean there's a lot of scenes where he's just like it's just full-on shots of him playing and you can't fake that i mean if you want it to be genuine uh, I mean, <laughs> that's the definition i think of that sentence. Yeah, true true you can't make I mean, this if you want it to be genuine <laughs> um i mean if jennifer hudson can win an oscar for singing i think miles teller can win an oscar for playing drums like I, they should give him two oscars one for acting and one for <laughs> one for each hand playing the drums uh the real I mean, question he's... is are, are were all those songs like previously existing jazz pieces or did they like could they be up for like a music original song award <laughs> 
I think they're I think they're uh, existing pieces. Like uh, I, yeah, I, I, I believe I was so. trying to figure that out. If if they are original, it's very impressive. Like yeah. they should be considered Academy time. I, I feel like they're pre-existing pieces. Um, it helps that uh, the writer directed this movie, Damien Chazelle, uh, who also wrote Grand Piano, which is a movie that Chris and I really dug. Yeah. Um, also about instruments and and uh, very very tense thriller about music. Uh, I, Damien Chazelle is also a drum player and went to a uh, music school and was inspired by, I guess he had a teacher like J.K. Simmons, so that's what kind of inspired this movie. Um, so I feel like, you know, having someone like him make this movie gives another layer of authenticity because, you know, I, I feel like someone who's kind of like from an outside perspective, you know, he just he just doesn't have that Um and they, it gives it a you know an extra layer, uh, and and plus this movie is just is so well made. Like I, I'm just shocked that like this is only a second film, uh, feature film. Uh, I think that he shows in this movie, uh, he shows that he's clearly one to watch. There's almost like a a young like Scorsese vibe in this movie. The way that things are cut and the way things are shot. Um, I mean, it has an incredible energy. Like the the movie just never once uh you know it always keeps you on your toes like it just never lets up uh and and like like grand piano this movie plays like a thriller like it really just is such an intense film uh and uh it's funny because my brother said that he also compared it to like a sports movie you know which is true like it it's almost like they're you know they're training and training and training and then like they have the final match and you know they got to go all in uh and and it's true like it has like some of these elements of like other movies but like i don't know something about drumming is so visceral that it's just inherently interesting to watch you know just watching people just like beat the shit out of drums is just <laughs> there's something about it that's like violent and and interesting it's the musical uh, equivalent of john wick yeah, yeah, exactly. He's basically like each of those drums and the cymbals <laughs> are all like people that he's just killing. Exactly. Uh, I mean, so I seriously had such a high from this movie after seeing it so many days afterward. I remember we were going to go see like, you know, Annabelle or something. I was like, fuck that. I'm, I can't see another movie for like another day or two because like nothing will live up to the level of whiplash. Like it just... I can't like I have to bask in its glory for another like you know 24 hours or so because I feel like just the way the movie is set up and then the way that that it ends like this movie has like it has like you know people say like oh things are perfect and you know this is a perfect movie or something but I really do believe this movie has a a perfect ending like there's nothing uh, there's nothing flawed or anything about like the way that this movie builds up and then the way that it ends. And I think that it has like the most like stand up and cheer style ending. Like, like I, it, I'm, I'm going to start crying again. Cause it made me cry. Like at the end of this movie, uh, <laughs> what Carson it, doesn't have emotion. <laughs> like it, it's like, once you see it, you'll know, like, I, like I saw this at a screening and like everyone like jumped to their feet after it was over and stood up for like a solid, like they gave it like a solid, like five minute standing ovation. Like it was that kind of good. Um, but even then I was just like, I, it, it literally blew me away. Like I, I never did their ovations start with clap, clap. <laughs> I, it was not clap. a slow clap. People clap. were like, clap, clap, voraciously clap. clap, clapping. clap, clap. <laughs> Applause. <laughs> that, that would be good. Um, but no, it was, it, that, that's the kind of movie that, uh, it, you know, it blew the roof off, literally. I, it just, it, it, just so many things. Like, I just, I just don't even know. Like, it blew my mind because it's just, like, it's so good. Um, so, yeah. Whiplash is uh, an experience to be had, for sure. Definitely in the theater because you want to have that, that buildup. Um, and, and you want to experience that with an audience. And also, you know, the 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 music and the sound like you want to have that you know around you and that's not something you're gonna get like on your iphone so yeah whiplash <laughs> and, and though i gotta say the 
and and I of course echo seeing it in theaters, but I do wonder like watching it with a good pair of headphones on your computer where you're completely immersed in it and there's no kind of like mm. audience sounds like the silence is really just silence. That yeah. would that would be pretty amazing too. Yeah, I can see that. Like use if you're like immersed in it with some good headphones or something. But still, seeing it on, you know, it's always better to see it on the big screen. Well, I, mm. I, in, in my theater, I had, because, you know, I saw it on Arclight, and there was, like, six people in the theater, like, two old couples, two, like, middle-aged people, and then, like, a dude who, like, bought the seat right next to me, which is always really awkward, because in a, in a normal <laughs> theater situation, like, that would be, for a guider to walk into your row, there's, like, 900 open seats in the theater, and just sit directly next to you is weird, but, like, in this, you pre-buy your tickets, and you just select the spot you want, you don't know how many people are going to be there. And then he just like walks up and sits down right next to me. Um, but still, why would you buy the one right next to someone? Yeah, Leave a buffer. Well, I mean, is it, but but see, if you want to be towards the middle, it, it, you it, it's not nice to leave a single buffer because you have to like understand that like maybe there's couples that want to sit together that might be buying tickets too. So you want to leave at least a buffer of two. And if the theater is pretty small like it was, then you're if you leave a buffer of two, then now you're not even close to the center anymore. You're like way off on the side. I, so I get all the lonely people together. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, well, I on the on the ArcLight app, they don't allow you to buy a seat. Um, they don't allow you to leave a seat in between. Mm. like another pre-bought seat there you go. Like if, so. you're, if you're buying just one but if you go into the art you know like to the actual theater and buy it there i think you can buy it like however you want but on the website you can't do it that way yeah well anyways there the, the, i had i had an experience watching this film where the guy next to me would i could audibly hear his somewhat silence responses to things that are happening um and i can't give direct examples because i don't want to give away moments of stuff that happens in the film but like it, it, it was one of those experiences like I always reference with the kid in Up who was like, why are they sad? Um, what happened to the baby? <laughs> like stuff like that. It, it was one of those moments where like something would happen, you know, like, I don't know, stuff that I want. I, I want to reference it so bad, but um, just things would happen and like you'd know that like what's going to follow this is not going to be good or something. It's going to incite some sort of at least at the very least a conversation that's about to happen. He would be like, oh. Or like, oh, or like, he was like so invested in the film. And, it, you know, if it, it was somebody just talking like, oh, it would annoy me. But because he was responding in the exact correct way, it was it was kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my that I guess that's my sort of counter to Stevens. Like, what if you were like completely isolated in headphones? And I'm like, well, so, but then you'd miss like that kind of experience. So I've yeah. got baggage going into this, too, which is that uh certain people who were sitting near me were eating popcorn and <laughs> normally this would be no problem like every movie people eat popcorn it's no big deal but this movie was so like visceral and like the silence was so like deafening in the movie if you heard like the crinkle of a candy wrapper or something oh, I, I don't know that. i i was just so tense in this movie that i was so like keenly aware of every tiny little sound that was going on yeah, yeah. which which is like the magic of this movie like it it really zones you in so much but it did make me notice every little like atmospheric thing that is par for the course for even like a great audience in a movie theater yeah that happened during John Wick. There was some bag crinkler lady like two rows behind us. And I was just like, oh my God, shut up. I'm trying to listen to a thousand gunshots. Well, no, during the action sequences, it drowned her out. But like during like any of the dialogue moments, it was like. St- yeah. Steven, were you with me at that? The I, I don't remember if it was when we went and saw uh, 500 Days of Summer, but w- was there the lady with the, the bag of taffy? I wasn't with you. I heard the story, oh, okay, okay. but yeah, I wasn't. Was... Oh no, never mind. Yeah, I was with you. I remember Taffy Girl. Yeah, ah, that was <laughs> Taffy Girl. Oh, it was. Taffy it girl. was seriously like the worst. Oh man! I just wanted to throw a symbol at her. Like uh, that's why bringing bringing outside food shouldn't be allowed. Like yeah. for any other reason than the packaging is like not not designed to work in a movie theater. Okay, you know you know what else annoys me? Sorry, this is I, I can't. I, I can't not say this. You just okay. gotta let it off. Let it out. I okay. There's there's two. Okay, I understand wanting to not pay for like thirty seven dollar thing of popcorn or whatever. Like or like not wanting like. Uh, there's two things that that happen that really annoy me. A is somebody who brings their own popcorn into the theater. That's a microwave popcorn that they burnt 
And then as soon as they pull it out of their purse, like, it's like, oh, great. Now it smells like burnt popcorn. Thanks for that. And you can see them, like, shaking it and, like, reaching in and, like, all the stupid, annoying stuff. The other thing is when people bring food that smells, like, like bringing something, like, that's from an outside place that actually yeah, like got cooked. Or yeah, that, that yeah. releases a, a, like, you know, a smell. Like, you're like, ah, oh, stop that crap. And then the third thing, I know I said two things, but this is the third thing. Like, I get wanting to bring your own sodas into the film, right? Why do you wait till the opening frames of the movie to go to crack it open? <laughs> I don't know, like, dude. I, I don't get it. Like, it's not like everyone knows if you if you open it while everybody's talking and the lights are on, no one's going to care. But when you wait till the lights come down, you just get title credits as like a little like little weird sound. And then all of a sudden, it's like, come on. What and is no, no one cares you? anyway. You really think like the minimum wage janitor is going to look at your soda and kick you out of the theater? Like, yeah, nobody right, is, yeah. nobody thinks you're clever or sneaky by bringing it in. Oh, dude, it's so dumb. It, it well, makes me a, so mad. That's the case for anybody who brings in like outside food or drink, like when they're crinkling their bags or whatever. They always wait till it's like the beginning of the movie. So it's like dead quiet. Or just any quiet moments. They don't wait till like it's loud. They just start like opening. Like they don't do it during the previews. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's like, never during a loud, loud spot. It's always during like a really quiet moment. So it's like I don't know. We we had like this is semi unrelated, but I'm just showing a mindset of somebody who would actually care about crinkling and making sound. Uh, back in college, I took this math class and we had this like test and the, and the teacher was like, yeah, you know, this is going to be a long test. You guys are welcome to bring in like a snack or a drink or whatever and have it on the table with you while you're working. So that way, you know, it can help you get through this or whatever. So I had Jolly Ranchers, right? So mm-hmm. before the test started, I put a line of Jolly Ranchers across the top of my desk and unwrapped all of them so that I could just take a Jolly Rancher and throw it in my mouth without going and like a bunch of people like what are you doing and the teacher's yeah. like he's opening jolly rancher so they don't make noises during the te-. like he saw that i was doing it and was like smart person like but everybody <laughs> else in the class was like that's weird to me it's like it's not hard to deal with your packaging before the movie starts i just I, that's all yeah right. yeah exactly so whiplash <laughs> <laughs> yeah as if you get yanked so, back to the episode so i need, i need to ask first did either of you play instruments growing up yes a lot of instruments uh, not, right. I, 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 I tried to play guitar, but it, no. But n- never like a <laughs> instrument that would be in like a band class or something like that. Like, I mean, I was in band, I think at charter, but I, I, think. Okay. <laughs> but, I didn't but, even like, know I, that existed at charter. No, it did. Like it, um, yeah, it did. I was in it like freshman and then like part of, of sophomore year. But I, I think like, you know, I said that I played the guitar, but I really just, I became disinterested and like I wasn't mm-hmm. good at it at all. So yeah, that's that's like how I say I play drum set because I own one, but I can I can play on it, but I cannot come anywhere near to this movie's worth of playing yeah. on it. But yeah. no, yeah. To answer your question, I started trumpet in the fourth grade, and when I got to high school, I bounced around like five different instruments, and I I was music was always big in my family growing up, and like yeah, we all played it. I'm I'm the same in that I I did piano as a kid for fun trumpet around fourth grade high school pivoted to like so basically from fourth grade up to high school i was actually playing and doing recitals and all of that yeah uh after high school was when i realized like oh music should just be fun and then i kind of stopped uh yeah and it's not so i don't do it anymore <laughs> but also nobody nobody plays piano for fun yeah <laughs> everyone yeah. Like, and like my parents tried to get me to go to piano lessons and i made like through like three versions of mary had a little lamb before i was like f this i'm out and i gotta <laughs> say trumpet when you get braces you are bleeding like miles teller like oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man you are full-on like <laughs> bleeding trying to hit the high notes bloody yeah, yeah. not even high notes like a d or something like nothing major um <laughs> anyway all that to say for for people who have played not even professionally but just like had a tutor and had to perform occasionally yeah i feel like this movie should come with like a trigger warning before <laughs> that tells you like this is going to bring up every fear that you've ever had in like such a high high octane vibes i mean there's something this movie does where there are major things that happen like in the trailer you see that the instructor like throws something at uh and Miles Teller, and he's shouting in people's faces, and there are a few other, like, pivotal moments in the film where an actual big thing occurs. But in my mind, nothing was as frightening 
as like a moment towards the end where he is sitting on a stage and realizes <laughs> what's about to happen. Oh yeah. That, that was so terrifying. Yeah, I, I almost wanted to like run out of the theater. I, I, that's, I pooped that's a why little. This, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why this movie feels like a, a thriller or even a horror movie where you're just like, I, I was so just petrified. No, I mean, th- this really, it like, and I, I was asking if you played instruments because I want to know if, if this movie is bringing that up because I have memories of what it feels like or if it's just can create it from scratch in someone who hasn't even had that feeling before. Like the, the, the petri- petrifying feeling of having to play an instrument or perform on a stage yeah. and realizing right before that you are not equipped to handle this. <laughs> I, think, Wait, I think that's kind of a universal fear, though, of like, you know, either like public speaking or mm-hmm. performing. But, there, but there's also like when, when you're public speaking you are a sole person who's public speaking so like if you fail you only fail yourself but if you yeah. when you're playing in a live concert situation like in in high school uh for like two years i think i played french horn and one year uh this one of the songs that we played there was a part in the middle where like the entire band cuts off and it's just me holding out this note and i don't know if you know anything about french horn but french horn is like you can play a full scale without using any of the keys. Like the yeah. notes are so close together and your embouchure is so jacked. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> it was frightening for me to have to like perform the song. And like the, 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 I almost called him a professor in high school. The instructor, he had me sneak a electronic tuner into the performance and put it on my music stand, which is already frightening enough because that's technically cheating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> by, by technically, I mean actually cheating. So, like, I'm already nervous because I'm, like, sneaking a tuner onto my stand in the middle of this performance. And then I'm also having to hold out this note for, like, two measures, just me, while everybody else is getting ready to, like, play the next thing. And it was like, uh, like, I'm get, I'm having a panic attack right and, now. And that's the, th- that's the thing about music, too, is, I mean, uh, Carson mentioned public speaking and you also mentioned sports and like granted i'm not the most athletic person uh but both of these things like they have means of release like you can release your nervousness somehow like public yeah. speaking i always make a dumb joke at the beginning of a presentation and then it kind of like loosens me up a little bit yeah, yeah. Um, unless it falls or, flat and then you just get yeah. <laughs> no, like, but i still i still land. get a, i still get a big laugh out of that making like a mary Steven poppins joke a... in a german crowd where nobody gets it <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, and then in sports, granted, I've never played a sport, so I'm sure there is, like, subtlety, but there are also big motions that kind of, like, you know, you run and you jump and you, like, you do things that can kind of break you out of the uh, the pressure cooker that you're in. Yeah. And music is all, it's all, like, this pressure. It's, like, precision, especially in this movie. It's, like you do not get any sort of escape or release from it. Like, you are just in this pressure cooker the whole time. Um, and a wind instrument, like I'm sure Chris knows, like, you can hear a quiver when you're playing a wind instrument <laughs> yeah. and you are nervous. <laughs> and <laughs> drums, I've never played, but if you, like, you slip up and you lose, you know, like, you overthink what you're doing, there's no way your brain can move that fast. Like, you yeah. have to just be feeling what you're doing. Yeah. Um, all that to say, this this played into a sort of performance anxiety. No, no, no sexual meaning intended. <laughs> um, a like performance anxiety that I have not. I swear this seen. has never happened to me before. <laughs> I have not seen in a movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. This this really keyed in on the terror. I, I felt it. My girlfriend felt it. Yeah. It was like so intense and my stomach was in knots like very in various scenes i honest to god had like a semi-panic attack during the movie (laughs) (laughs) i actually had to like like stretch out my arms and massage my shoulders and be like you're gonna be okay everything's okay this is (laughs) jk is really not yelling at you yeah Yeah, this is really just a movie i mean it's like a, a theme thematically it's like like a dark cousin of like jiro dreams of sushi where it's about like that was a movie about like what does it take to be great right and like what does greatness entail if you want to be the absolute best at something um and in jiro it's about like quiet dedication to a craft and just like day in day out always doing the same thing and in whiplash it's like 
intensity. <laughs> it's like committing to something to the point of obsession where it drives you crazy. And it really communicates that vibe so well. I, I mean, you were talking about John Wick being like your favorite action movie of the year so far. I feel like this is definitely the most intense movie I've seen this year. Yeah. Oh, way yeah. more so than Denzel Washington stabbing people or oh, <laughs> anything <course>. else. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also I mean, scarier than like most horror movies too. Yeah. It I I don't even know what more because we've gone on so long about uh the feelings that it evokes i mean the the acting is obviously really really great i i never saw oz so i've never seen jk simmons as a terrifying character before <laughs> so this is uh this is new ground for me and miles teller definitely just for if nothing else than for learning how to drum like that for this movie yeah. and being able to like communicate the the fear and the intensity through drumming is just really like it's a pretty incredible feat um i thought it did have like exaggerated moments that i didn't need i i don't really need to go into some of the events that happen in the movie but like one thing that is even in the trailer is like the hands are bleeding and everything and that's all fine symbolically but when it comes down to it like the intensity of just the silence before playing a note or hitting a beat is, to me, way more intense than whatever broad strokes that the guy tried to paint it. I mean, those scenes, they just nailed the intensity so well. Uh, I feel like I should let Chris say something since we've been sprawling on back and forth for a while. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've I just been bouncing in and out of what's going on. Because, yeah, like, I... I uh... Yeah, I mean, it, it's a fantastic film. And it's, it's one where, like there's no like elevator pitch to just sell somebody like a guy really wants to be a great drummer and he's in like a band with a really tough instructor who's like a dick trying to make him a better player um there's not a lot there but like as you said like it is it is a crazy uh it's just a crazy ride and and like i i um i have one of those you know like fancy smart watches that detects physical body changes and crap like that and like at the end of the movie like i looked down to see like what my heartbeat was just because I, like i i i felt like i, I kind of wanted to like log into the server and check where the spikes were in the film and see like my base heart rate as i went into the film and then like my base heart rate as i left the film um just because it, it is it is that intense and like you know i i kept talking about how the guy next to me kept responding like he would audibly like as silently as he could but like uncontrollably respond in certain ways to things that are happening in the film and like i was thinking the exact same thing i'm assuming that sound represents in him um and it was yeah i mean every, everything on in the film is is uh really interesting and it's it's almost kind of like it, it in a way it's, it's a little bit depressing because it's like yeah that's the dedication it takes to get like that good at something <laughs> like yeah, I, I would say a lot of depressing <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. a little bit well i mean like i the only reason i even say a little bit is because it's like i like like i said I, I own a drum set and i am i'm happy with the simple ability to just kind of jam on it and but like i can't like if, I, if i'm playing and there's not somebody playing with me i'm like man this sounds like shit <laughs> but like if, if somebody else is playing a guitar along with it or whatever then, then it's like it sounds enough like a small ensemble of people playing together that I'm fine with that. But like, I would never be able to just like get home from work and then play till like 2 AM and then go to sleep, go to work. And then all day long, I'm tapping on my desk at the office. Like it's, I don't know. There there's like, the film is really kind of simple in a sense where it's just like a guy decides that nothing else is as important as being great. And it's just him dealing with that attempt to be great in a place that he thinks he has to be, in order to achieve that greatness. And there is, um, you know, in, in films like, uh, uh, in, in films like the wrestler and black Swan, you have people that are like giving everything to be great at this one thing, but at, at a cost, but th those people are also like, uh, there's a screw loose in their head. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, and in this, it like, he seems like a normal guy, but it's, he's just a normal guy who really wants to be great at something. And, and it, it's, it, there's no darkness to his drive. There's just a pure drive of wanting to um, be uh, great at something. And, and it's, 
I don't know. It, 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 it's like I don't identify with it in that I've never given that much <laughs> devotion to anything in my life. <laughs> um, but I can still identify it with in the sense of like the this thing is important. Do whatever it takes to to get to that point. And it's I don't know. It's not, it's, it's just a great ride. And I don't really know what more to say about it besides that. <laughs> At least with not without talking specific spoilery moments. Yeah, and I would I would say there's not really a reason to spoil it. I mean the the arc of the movie is like it's plenty lean and quick. Um, yeah, it pulls you through really well. Like you've got to just go in and I won't say enjoy it, but <laughs> do I mean, some a, <laughs> do something with it. It's definitely an experience. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like a drug almost, and you just gotta gonna go along for the ride man uh but no it's 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 definitely an experience to be had um and it taps into all these emotions nice. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if he was going for that joke <laughs> i know i'm i'm turning it into a pun <laughs> um so i mean a question related to the film but not directly i guess uh, about reviewing it but w- if you guys cared about something would you like would you be like, F this, if you had a J.K. Simmons instructor, or would you buy into the idea that, like, as much as I hate this, this will make me better at this? Uh, wait, so you're saying if I had a J.K. Simmons-like instructor, would I go all in or not? Yeah, like, would you, like, ring the bell, Navy SEAL style, and just be like, F this, I'm out, I quit? Or would you <laughs> or would you be like no like as painful as this is it's working towards something I care about? Uh, I I would uh, I think I would go all in yeah because I feel like that J.K. Simmons his attitude his character's attitude in the movie um, and he even mentions it in the film it's something that's missing almost from like this kind of instruction you know where it's almost like drill sergeant status but it's you know building people up uh, and uh, trying to make something great out of them. I would give up. (laughs) I mean, because I understand it's building up into something great, but this is going to be your life. Like, if in order to become great, you need to be constantly stressed out and constantly pushing, like, greatness doesn't mean you just coast. Like, your, your life continues to be this zone of pushing and pushing and pushing. And that does not sound like a great life to me yeah um even if you're remembered when you die i feel like there are ways to be remembered where you don't bleed every day but i mean i mean that that's what like all olympic athletes are right especially if you're like born in another country where it's like from the age of four your parents just like strap on ice skates and be like nope you want to eat food you do 900 laps Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i don't know like i yeah yeah i it's a little yeah i'm I'm not sure whether I even agree with my own statement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's Again, like I said, I feel like there's something very unique about music that has its own set of, like, stressors and fear attached to it that I don't feel in athletics or other things. It's, like, a very particular... And I don't know, maybe to the great, great, great people who are under the tutelage of this guy, eventually that fear goes away and the zone is just, like, a thing that you slip into. But... The way the movie conveys it, I imagine the fear being never ending. <laughs> and that is like, I don't know. This movie does such a good job of making it terrifying. I cannot imagine wanting that kind of life. But it, but it's also like in, in in the context of it for the people who are in the group who like, I mean, every scene where the instructor walks in, like everyone in that room is just scared shitless. Like they don't know what's going to happen. They're freaked out. But I think for for most of the people besides Miles Teller, uh, the the end goal is not to become great. It's it, it it's the equivalent of every sports movie where it's like we're gonna go play this game, but there's gonna be talent st- scouts out there in the stands, and it, it's really just a like they're not trying to become the best they can be. They're trying to hang in long enough to possibly get noticed and picked up for something. Like it, it's basically yeah. a career starting right. thing. Um, and that that's even J.K. Simmons. It's like that that's his whole point is to create the next big thing. But there's like really Miles Teller is the only person who. For him, it's about 
being remembered and becoming one of the greats, not necessarily about like having a steady career of being a musician where he can provide for himself. It's really about literally the dedication to become one of the best. Um, mm. And I'm not sure exactly where I was going with that, but um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That, that's how I, that's why I think that the average person in that room, those characters are able to stick around because their their goal is to to get a, a job their their goal it, it's why it's why you know actors and actresses go to endless auditions and get passed up for every role and don't get discouraged because they're like well if i can just land one then it'll give me the next job so the average person yeah. in that room is like like an out-of-work actor and miles teller is like somebody who's trying to become something special right i i, I can definitely see that i one thing i feel like the movie leaves up in the air is what what its thoughts on jk simmons character is like is he a villain is he misguided in his belief about what makes someone great or is it actually championing that championing uh, <laughs> words don't make sense anymore um anyway and right, I they're think, not being recorded anyways no no yeah no. I, I definitely read <laughs> I, I i didn't read much uh editorializing into this film i got the sense that jk simmons is wrong in the extent that he pushes people but his his basic ideas are maybe coming from a good place and so i read the like the triumph or whatever of miles teller i wouldn't want to stand up and cheer so much as like i don't know you're witnessing someone becoming something that is what he was aiming towards and it's unclear if that aim is good or if the sacrifices are worth it by the end like i feel like there's a look that his dad gives him towards the end that you could really read either as pride or horror <laughs> depending on uh how you're vibing with the movie so far it's really hard without going into spoilers yeah i know like ba basically the ending is the real like earlier when i referenced like without being spoilery like like i think much of the substance that you could talk about all happens like right towards the end of the film like for for every character that's still in the film at that moment in time <laughs> like mm -hmm. um uh and yeah i think you could definitely argue either way for the father um and even if even if you were to make the argument that it's horror um i don't you could you could argue various ways what that horror horror is because of like Mm -hmm. um, um, or even not even horror, like, uh, some form of like sorrow or something like it, it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to talk about. I know it is an amazing scene. <laughs> it, like it, de it definitely, this movie goes out with a bang, the symbol <laughs> clash. Yes. It hits all the right beats. Not, not with a whimper. Yeah. No. So? <laughs> well, speaking of going out with a bang. <laughs> silence. Is that where I insert the dunk? No, no, because we were we were sort of like trailing off there. He's saying, so, "Let's go out with a bang." Yeah, let's go out with a bang, and we didn't. Oh, that, that's why. I, like, I, I'm assuming that Stephen and I both thought that you were going to continue that sentence with like, <laughs> "Here is the bang," or like, and then came the whimper. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess that I guess you were nope. just you were just throwing out you were just pointing out the dead air. Just yep, yep. Just trying to fill fill time. Yeah, not my time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> get get to the not recaps, on my watch. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we we are going to wrap this episode up and get to our verdicts then. Apparently, um, so. Carson, if you kind of place this on your scale, must see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? I could not recommend it enough, so of course it's a must see. Whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they, that's what the movie should, the title should be. Secretly, it's comma, yeah, whiplash. <laughs> All right, Steven. Yeah, no, no contest here. Um, must see like whatever it is and whatever its message it's definitely a experience that is very exhilarating and very unlike anything i've seen before 
So that's about as high praise as I can give it. All right. Yeah, I think this film definitely supplanted itself as a core film for the year, um, to put it in the terminology of the studio band. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> no no yes. alternate's going to take this one's place. Um, nope. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a must-see. Uh, even if you're not really interested in music stuff, uh, or if you never played an instrument, just, just go see the freaking movie. If it's available in your area, go see it. If you have to wait for rental because it's not going to play in your area, then make sure you must rent it then because, yeah, <laughs> words. I mean, yeah, I feel like it's pretty relatable even if you have never played an instrument before. And and I think that hopefully it'll come to more cities because I feel like it's a pretty crowd-pleasing movie. Yep. <laughs> it'll, it'll catch on. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this review then. So, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. You know, it's always updated frequently. Steven? You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Yeah, I almost called myself out to be to go <laughs> <laughs> I was distracted because I was looking back again, as I have been like every three seconds in this episode <laughs> to make sure it's still recording. Just to double check. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, me, people can find me. You know, if I'm not, like, hanging myself or messing up the last episode's <laughs> recording, you can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com and uh, Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when all these episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will be some sweet, sweet jazz riffs from this film because it's all about jazz music. So Mm. hopefully you're enjoying that. Scooby-dab, scooby-dab, dab. I want to hear you dub it so that sounds like it's actually going with something. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> jazz music is so like funky with this time, anyways, that like it, yeah. it probably will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining me on this episode. Yes. Thanks for having <laughs> most, us. Most splendid. <laughs> and thank you for possibly joining me <laughs> to re-record the last episode. <laughs> Any anytime. Yeah, if if Chris uh, if Chris hangs himself from trying to you know edit it, we'll just contact you with a Ouija board. <laughs> exactly. That would actually be funny. Like an entire episode where like <laughs> you're just like you ask me a question and you're like Y E S. You're like okay, you said yes. <laughs> Did uh, you like John Wick? <laughs> y E S. Okay, good. <laughs> You're moving it. No, you're moving it. No, you're What's moving it. What's your verdict? It. Yes. <laughs> All right. And, uh, oh, my God. So we will catch everybody next time. And don't forget, never leave your folder lying around anywhere. Nope. Mm-hmm.